Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. Our guest this week is founder of the Healing to Happy brand, Laura Martin. Laura is an IBS anxiety and trauma specialist who's known for her unique way of helping women rise in their health, wealth, and relationships through embodiment work and the gut-brain connection. After battling her way through anxiety, loss, addictions, domestic violence, autoimmune problems, chronic suicidal thoughts, which led to IBS, and many other health issues, Laura noticed that when she used both science and soul to start seeking solutions, she was able to help not only herself, but other women step into their full power, lead boldly, love deeply, and heal their health for good. Laura's journey, like many others, has been one of evolution and growth. Through her own understanding of her personal challenges, Laura has turned her biggest testaments to teachings. Laura helps women celebrate their lives, their power, and embody the confidence that is womanhood, and we felt every part of that in our time with her. To connect with Laura, learn more about her services, or just dig a little deeper in the topics discussed, head on over to htcpod.com. Well, we know that you have a unique approach to gut health and mental wellness, and I'd love to hear your story um, before we kind of jump into your work, just what you got, what your background is, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah, so I am an IBS anxiety and trauma specialist um, at about 24 years old. Like I've always had health issues and gut health issues and things like that. Um, but when you're diagnosed at like 13 years old, you're like, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to yeah. take that seriously. Um, and so I progressed and had a really disordered relationship with my body. Um, and then at 24 years old, it was one of those rock bottom moments that happened to change your life. Um, I was living in Bangkok, Thailand. I was in wow. a domestically violent relationship, abusing drugs, alcohol, exercise, food. I was 40 pounds underweight with copious health issues um and it was I we had just had a physical altercation and I was sitting outside on the balcony it was one of those moments where like I can remember it like I can remember my bum on the ground like the pavement I could hear the cars whizzing by outside and it was like something has got to change you know like the path that I'm on is has a shorter expiration date than I would like um, I never thought I'd even make it to the age of 25 with the rate that I was at, um, or I choose to do something different, you know, cause nothing changes if nothing changes. And so I got my bum off that ground and unfortunately <laughs> I didn't leave that relationship right away, but I did sit down with a friend who was like, Hey, you have a really like interesting relationship with food why don't you go learn about it? Like, why don't you go back to school? Why don't you go study this kind of stuff? And that led me to nutrition, which did ultimately let me leave that relationship and got me into the 12 steps and really walked me through all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> um, I went through Ellen on, I didn't do like NA or AA or anything like that. Um, but none of my health issues really went away. You know, if you don't have a really healthy relationship with your body and I haven't had an eating, I had an eating disorder for a decade of my life. So, so throw that person into nutrition. You're like, I'm going to rock this out of the park because I have a food addiction and here yeah. we go. Like I'm going to be hundred percent perfect. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I was like, I got this. And it's like, 
all the things, tried all the things, became like well rehearsed in it all and was hyper obsessed and went the whole orthorexic kind of route. Um, still nothing like succeeded. So I went the whole gut health specialist route and everything there was like elimination diets, colonics, juicing, fasting. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like uh, my dopamine hit was so high, but still everything kept getting worse. Like my health then like, I didn't have a period for, it took me six and a half years to get it regulated, but I got it back in about five years. Um, but I didn't have one at that time. My hair was falling out in chunks so much. So my landlord thought I had a hidden dog in my apartment. Wow. Um, yeah. I had panic attacks. I had suicidal ideation, you know, and I was teaching this stuff. I was running my company, you know, like I started my company in health. And so it was like, I constantly felt like a fraud. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, all that stuff. And it was when I sat down with my naturopath at the time, her name was Penny. She goes, do you want to talk about how your trauma is related to all these things? And God bless her little cotton socks, but like, that is the wrong question to like be unleash. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm acting like, you know, I was using food my whole life. I've always used food. I've always used exercise is a way to escape from my emotions. Cause I had no idea. Like we were not a family that grew up in this conscious society that we have now, um, that spoke about things. And so I was like, absolutely not Penny. Like, no, I don't want to. And I left that conversation and went on a whole bunch of cleanses. And it was when it's my 25th birthday and I was delivering on a panel and having to um, discuss gut health. But I had this giant rash that had started about eight months ago and I was ignoring it because it was under my clothes, but it had grown onto my entire face. And I'm standing in front of a hundred people talking about health when my face is like, ma'am, listen, like you gotta listen. And so, Really, that was that kind of one of those pivotal moments where you look at it and you're like, okay, so gut health actually isn't just focusing on the gut. Like what was this woman, Penny, my naturopath talking about? And that got me into the psychology, which is my background, the whole gut brain connection. And then I got specialized in trauma because I was like, okay, so what is this? Like, I guess I'll look at it now. Um, And really understanding that there needs to be trauma-informed nutrition for people that have gone through you know, IBS or eating disorders or trauma and how they're utilizing nutrition because most of us do have IBS or some type of gut issue because of trauma, because of an eating disorder that has related in all these health issues. And when someone comes at us, and this is what I learned in school, right? With low FODMAP or eliminations or massive supplements or biohacking or fasting, you're like, great, I can totally do this. And then you start to see bits of your life fall apart and bits of your excitement and your joy and the things that you're supposed to be enjoying be idolized in this life and I wasn't really kind of seeing those methods and so combining all this stuff you know healing to happy was kind of born and I've helped hundreds of women using this stuff and just kind of understanding that our body actually gets to be a space that feels safe and there is solutions like IBS is not something we're stuck with it's just this dysregulation in our body and like food sensitivities are just signals it's not uh let's cut everything out and like get down to eating the five foods and just really revitalizing what it is in the nutrition field, because I really think it is a lot is based on fear-based approaches of eliminations and cutting things away from us. And that's not helping anyone, you know, and 
I'm sure you guys have witnessed that and have seen that and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, that's a long-winded version of how it all began, but that's pretty much it. How, so how does the link then between, between trauma and gut disorders, how does, how does that happen for people? Yeah. So if anyone wants to extend it, because obviously it's going to be smaller, but um, go search polyvagal theory. So our gut and our brain are in constant communication with each other through this thing called the gut brain access, which is basically our vagus nerve. It's gotten a lot of, a lot of media lately in this day and age. Um, And so our vagus nerve is our longest cranial nerve. It runs from our brain to our gut and it gives off these things called action potentials. So it controls literally every single thing about us from our heart and how it beats from our food to digesting to how our skin and hair and nails and all this kind of stuff, our survival organs to actually how we're digesting food and taking nutrients in. When trauma occurs, it's kind of like when you plug in a outlet and all the lights get really bright and then they go off because that's what's happening. It gets way too overstimulated and then it just shuts off. And because our vagus nerve gives off these action potentials and it controls our survival organs, our body then has to make up for it, right? So we're focusing on all these other ailments of either if you're like the visionary leaders who I mostly work with, where you're doing all the shadow work and you're not even taking care of the body, which please don't do that. Or you're, (laughs) you're the whole other route where it's like, okay, I'm only going to focus on my gut or I'm only going to focus on my thyroid or I'm only going to focus on my skin and my hormones. And it's like, no, honey bear, like it is all interconnected. And if you're not looking at how these symptoms like hyperthyroidism or food sensitivities or IBS, if you're not looking at that as a signal instead of a, you know, complete diagnosis, then you're missing the whole point. And so we have to really work through like, yes, we have to get the vagus nerve and we have to get it stimulated again and get things going, but we also have to nutritionally support the other organs that have had to overcompensate because of this shutdown from the trauma. Wow. We actually had, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, sorry I was just going to share. Um, we had a vagus nerve specialist on, a doctor, and we've also had like dietitians and nutritionists on. And this is such a cool approach because I I've never even knew that there was someone out there who combined the two together. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so brilliant. <laughs> That's special. What, I love that. Yeah, it's very, very special. What are some of the systems that, that do shut down when, when trauma is running, running wild? Yeah. So, I mean, it varies, right? So we can mm-hmm. overstimulate. It goes from our thyroid. It goes to our adrenals. It goes to, I mean, our brain, yeah, right? Like, our, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like our, our neurotransmitters, right? Like we often call anxiety and depression and OCD and ADD and all these kind of things. We give them all these labels, but all it is, is neuroinflammation. Our brain is inflamed. Like that's an overcommunication because it's not getting the right nutrients. It's on hyper alert. It's scanning for danger. And that's its commonality. Um, our liver, our liver will start to overproduce or underproduce because a lot of women that have gone through trauma, we take it out on our bodies. So a lot, very common thing is let me go on an extreme elimination diet or cut about a bunch of sugar and do these kind of things, which actually puts your liver into gluconeogenesis Mm -hmm. and your liver then has to produce its own glucose, which is how our, you know, cells and everything thrive. So it can't focus on this whole detoxification thing, which then is setting off the alarm bells in our body because we need that. And then our pancreas can't produce the bile. And it's this whole inner web, right? Of 
just even looking at the symptoms, like anyone that's gone through trauma, it's not like they come out and they're like, I am an energizer bunny and I'm feeling good. It's like something happened. And this is why I always ask where it's like when I'm on consultations or when I'm doing my one-to-ones, it's like, okay, so when, what was going on when that started? Cause a lot of people are, oh, it's just, I've, I've had it for so long. And it's yeah. usually like, I've been through, a, I was going through a breakup. There was a divorce. I was in university and it was really hard. And they're not really looking at that point. They're like, I ate gluten or I did something. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Like there was something in your environment that put the alarm bells that then made something trigger a response in your body. Like you can't just jump into these foods. And, and, you know, even with trauma, like some people have this, like, oh, you had to be in domestic violence or you had to lose. Like, so I like lost my mom to addiction and I had sexual assaults. Like I had these things that had happened. People assume like, that's the only definition of trauma, but like trauma yes, those are traumatic events, but trauma is just the way your body responds to something. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be a heartbreak. It could be a car accident. It could have been food poisoning. It could have been your mom left you at a shopping mall when you were seven. Like it could be all these things that our body just kind of sticks in this, like, I'm not safe mode, which then when it's in that I'm not safe mode, you know, you can either rest or you can digest. And if you're, if you're not in those kind of states, um, you can't really take in the nutrients, no matter how clean your diet is or how well things are going for you. So have you noticed then everyone that you've worked with who does have IBS or some kind of like autoimmune problem, it does always stem from, stem from trauma or is sometimes do people just have gut issues that aren't necessarily linked to trauma? I mean, there's infections, there's things that can happen, right? Like you can get parasites, you can get candida, you can get um, SIBO, things like that. But at the end of the day, you still want to be asking the question, why did my internal thermostat get so low that this infection happened? Because, you know, when we have, we all have yeast, we all have parasites, we all have things. It's like, but why did it feel like it needed to have this fiesta in my gut right now? Like what happened there? Um, And more often there's some type of life event that happened. You know, I don't know if it'd be trauma, but like some type of infection, some type of thing happened in their life, at least with the women that I've worked with that have set it off because IBS at the end of the day is irritable bowel syndrome, right? So irritable, something's upset, bowel in your colon syndrome chronically. And really it's just a string of words that doctors put together to describe, we don't actually know what's wrong with you. Like that's all it is. And people cling to it. Like it's this identity and that they can't release it. And now they have to give up their life. And it's all these things. And like, they need these medications. Exactly. And it comes to identity. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like in and of it, how they're responding is a trauma response. You know, Mm -hmm. you're clinging to it. You're like putting your body into this. Like, it's just like, like, even as I'm talking about it, it's like, it's tense. Your body's like clenched. Like you're stuck in this perpetual thing because it's just a response, but we cling to it and we identify and then we're living in this state of fear. And it's like, how do we get out? You know, yeah. exhausting. it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what is like, I'm so curious because if it is such a web and there are so many symptoms, how do you start with someone? Like, it, even if you go back and say, and they agree, like, okay, this traumatic thing happened. Like, where do you go from there? Yeah. So like when I'm working with someone, usually they've been through the ringer. I don't really start off with people that are just finding out because they're not looking to invest in their healing at that point. They're, I'm going to Dr. Google. I'm looking at things. I'm going to do all the things 
until I'm finally sick of it. And we've probably run this course so much. So if you are one of those people, please don't do that. Like get, <laughs> get out there early because you're going to do the same thing of face clamping yeah. and eventually end up at my door. Um, <laughs> but so I start out with foundations, right? So I walk through generally the pillars of our company are she, so S-H-E, self-knowledge, healing, embodiment. And then we start with another acronym because it's easy, F-R-E-E, so free, F being the foundations. So whether you've been through trauma, whether you've been through, you know, eating disorders, that's a big one. Whether you've been through extreme dieting, that's another, like these are all trauma things at the end of the day, right? Like they set off our nervous system. Looking at the foundations of, it's not my job to go back into your history as to why that happened. That's your therapist's job. That's, that's, that that's kind what of, I was curious about. Yeah. So would you, you, would you persuade someone to like look into therapy then? Oh, 100%, 100%. Yeah, like, okay. it's not persuade even. It's just like, if, if you're ready, cause like for me, I was not ready because I was like, I don't, I, so what I work with people on, right. Is I need you to be safe right now. So we can build resiliency for the future. So you can actually feel safe enough to go look at that stuff. Because if yeah. you're constantly look like this whole quote unquote shadow work thing that's going on nowadays, I love it. I'm here for it. I'm very much in that energy world. But if your body already doesn't feel safe and all you're doing is thinking of your past and being stuck in fight or flight, your body can't heal in the present. Like you're, you're continually putting yourself into this thing. But like my job, I'm not a therapist. You know, my job isn't to assess that. Yes, I can invite conversation around it. I can ask certain questions, but really I want to know in your foundations, what are you doing every day right now that's affecting this, right? Mm -hmm. So what are your eating habits? What are your environments? How are you feeling about that? How frequently are you eating? How infrequently are you eating? What's your mental health around that? Like, how are you feeling? And from there, we can start to build things. If you want to dissect your eating disorders and things like that, like, or your, you know, disordered eating or your family history or things like that, like, that's for your therapist who can dissect that. And then we start to build resiliency in the present. Okay. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. So, so beautiful. I'm, I'm <laughs> curious when you actually decided to go public with what you were dealing with, cause you taught it for so long and we're just internally dealing with all this stuff. What, what caused that? <laughs> well, it was, it was on my face. I couldn't really hide it. <laughs> It, it told on you. Yeah, it, it called me out. It got me on the loudspeaker in front of the whole. That's how it, always works. That's how it always works. How it always on the face. <laughs> um, and then from there, like even in that moment, like I was trying to heal it, and I didn't have like this whole access. But I remember my business had hit a wall, right? And I was swimming in the ocean in Thailand with one of my friends, and I was like, you know, like what do you think it is? Like what do you think this? My thing is, and she says, I love you. Can I reflect something back? And I was like, oh, you can drown yourself in that ocean. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, and she goes, do you really think you have a healthy relationship with food? And I was like, mm. and my first, my ego response is like, what do you mean? Yes. Like, da, 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 da. and then in my head, I'm like, no, like not at all. Like, let's call a spade a spade. No, I do not. Um, and I just kind of, I hit it on the back end for a long time and then got into this whole like feminine and masculine energy kind of things. I got into that kind of world um, and just kind of started working on it. And like, I have an awesome partner who mirrors back to me. Like he is so fun around food. I've never seen someone enjoy food so much. Like I haven't had, he's from New York, but I haven't had pizza or bagels or like donuts and like probably a decade. 
Yeah, because they're bad. They're, yeah, they can't exactly. Yeah. We can't do it. The body's going to freak out. You're a gut specialist. If people find out you eat donuts, oh, yeah. career's over, impending doom. Like this whole thing, like absolutely not. But meeting him, he's like, I love you, but like, I'm not following your crap. Like I'm not, I'm going to eat my donut. Mm-hmm. You can sit over there with your celery stick and look like you're having fun, but you're not having fun. And, please <laughs> not, and also like, don't bake me any baked goods that have like hidden cauliflower in them I don't want that like (laughs) I've done that my poor family they paid a they paid a price for those brownies every time every time my mom was like again like we just make some freaking brownies honestly like it was it's a thing where I was like I had this fascination like I can't have a baked good unless there's a sneaky vegetable in it and don't get me wrong like I do like to level up a lot of things but like you will also survive if you just eat a regular donut. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. It's most likely like your brain is going to start playing tricks on you. And that's going to give you the flare up, not the actual donut yeah. itself. The psychology behind it, I call it like the food hangover, not like the sugar high hangover, but like you being like, that's going to flare me up. That's going to fly blah, 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 blah. like your chicken brains runs away. And then there you are, you have a flare up. Um, but I just kind of started talking about it. Like I have no shame in my game. <laughs> with the things I'm like, I will call myself out. Plus when I call myself out, that keeps me accountable, Mm -hmm. Um, which has been really nice because it's, I was actually just doing an interview earlier because your eating disorder brain does not go away. It's an addiction. It doesn't like, and I've done a lot of work, a lot of therapy, continue to do it. But it's one of those things where like, I still, I'll get a time hop photo and I'll be like, damn, look at those abs. And my boyfriend will just like, and I'll like send it to my boyfriend, like, look it. And he'll be like, he'll just go malnutrition. And like, that's all he has to say. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Like my friends are the same way. And like, I have like checklists in my phone very left brain person, um, like of, okay, I know when I'm in my ventral vagus state, like when I'm regulated in things, what makes me feel calm? I know if I'm, you know, my blood sugar's low, if I've, it's the end of the day, like dinner comes around, I can't make decisions. Like there's like certain areas in my life where like, I can see when my eating disorder brain will come into play. And instead of being mad at her being like, oh, I thought we dealt with this. Da, 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 I'm like, Okay. Like we know. Hey girl. Exactly. (laughs) Like if you, you want a glass of wine, like what's up? Where are we at today? How are we going to get through it? Yeah, exactly. But it's like, because I can talk about it and like not have shame around that. Now the people around me that love me and care about me. And even like my clients are like my followers, like things like that. It's like still being able to have that reflection back. And they're like, okay, you know, like, here's that kind of brain, like here, this is being reflected back. Like, we're not admiring that this isn't cute anymore. Like things like that. Or like, again, like my partner being like malnutrition, like no one likes that eat the cookie, like leave things alone and not in a bullying way. Like he's funny about it, but it's like, when you share like something in one of my masterminds, we always talk about is just like, when we speak about our shame, we shed light on it and there's no more weight, you know? And so I'm, I'm learning this more and more in life of just like, let me tell you what's going on. Not in like, cause there's a trauma way of doing that. Right. Where it's like, uh, let me spill everything onto you. So, you know, my problems and da, 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 da. or there's like, it away. Way. exactly. Like, or there's just an empowered way of just like speaking Owning and you it. say it exactly. You're like, this is, this is my eating disorder brain. Let's give her the name Sandy. Well, here's my <laughs> other brain, like all these kind of names where it's like, that's all it is. And then you sit at the table, you own it. And it doesn't, it's not an identity piece for you. You know, a lot of people claim their trauma, they claim their eating disorder, they claim their illness, but it can just be this thing that's like next to you, but you're yeah. just like, you know, kind yeah. of like scooting away from it. But 
yeah, I would say that was a big piece is just kind of slaying the shame and owning the facts that, and science for me, like I, yeah. I love to learn how the human, like I've, I've studied psychology and like that's my background. And then all this trauma work stuff, just really understanding like, oh, like here's my brain in survival mode. And oh, here I'm witnessing when I'm in sympathetic. Oh, I'm in dorsal. Oh, I'm in this. And like kind of bouncing around in there instead of identifying, I'm like, oh, science. Thank you. Like I said, like, <laughs> like the logic. yeah, you like logic to combat. Exactly. Where I'm like, I'm not broken. I'm not broken. Like this is just, oh, like that's the human experience. Got it. Cool. And that's where like that self-knowledge piece comes in with like everything I do. I'm like, here's why we are the way we are. Let's stop shaming it. Let's stop out supplementing it, medicating it, all this kind of thing, like own it. And then we can start to sit at the table and work with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. There was a part on your website. It was in the labyrinth section and it like jumped off the page. I'm going to read it back to you. I hope that's not weird. (laughs) It said um, what some people call self-sabotage science calls self-protection and that you help women use science to neutralize fear and their soul to integrate the flow back into their lives. And I thought, holy shit, (laughs) that's good. (laughs) Yes. It's a hundred percent about that. Yes. So like example, my drinking and drug use, I thought, oh, my mom was an addict. It runs in my family, X, Y, Z, all these kind of things. It's like, yes. And I was living in a trauma response. And the only way I knew how to cope with my feelings. So a lot of people be like, oh, she's spiraling. She's doing things. I'm like, that was comfortable to me you know, the chaos was my comfort blanket. The chaos is where I belong, the control, the things, the dynamic. And I was realistically, I was just numbing myself enough to feel alive. Is that necessarily wrong? I didn't know another way. You know, a lot of society will tell you and shame and like all this kind of stuff. And like, I have so much love and compassion for addicts and the people that have gone through things. Cause it's like, you can't get out of that unless you kind of sit with it and you understand it or in more relatable example for people fighting with your partner. We sit and we do it and we're like, ah, no one understands me. No one loves me. Da, 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 da. Our, again, our chicken nugget brain will run ahead of us. And we say things we don't mean. We're stuck in this. And it's just like two little, you know, baby little triggers talking to each other. And really what all you're doing is you're talking to old triggers. So when my partner, his name is Elvis, if he comes at me and because I had the relationship I had, if he does something, my body will like become this like defensive psychopath. Just her body. Kelly, <laughs> like, you know her. <laughs> and smiled. And so I'm like, okay. And like we we do therapy. Happy to fucking admit that. It's yeah. the best <laughs> thing to do. It's yeah. the best thing to do like, in a relationship. Honestly, I because I would keep attacking because in that moment, if I didn't have therapy and if I didn't have my background on my work, I would think that is just my normal characteristic because for so long I did. I thought, quote, my mom's last name is Fowler. So I thought it was quote unquote, the Fowler temper. Mm. No, no, you were just dysregulated. So you're one, I was undernourished, so I didn't have the capacity, the blood sugar levels, the all the things. My body was already in fight or flight. So, and I was dealing with access trauma where my body was like running around. And so anytime something spilled or was out of alignment or someone said the wrong thing or someone cut me off, my fuse is already lit. All it needed was the match. And so it's really, we're working with people. And this is why like <clears throat> anyone, 
anyone that flips off any child that is dealing with something, anyone that's freaking out in a classroom, anything like that, like it is not self-sabotaging. It is just self-protection. You know, that's all that is. We see a lot in dating, right? Like the good guy. And then all of a sudden you blow it up and things like that. Cause you don't know actually how to receive love and be in that because it's not your element because somewhere in your family lineage and in your life cycle, you were taught that you weren't worthy. So you blow things up when they're good. Like just looking at it in that way and like the psychology behind it, it's like, oh, so I can fix that. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. then you're like, damn it. Now I have to get to work. Some people it is empowering for other people. It's like, oh, I, you mean, I don't have this excuse anymore. Exactly. And they back away from it. Yeah. It calls it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not for those people. I love to call it out. Same girl. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I just going back to, cause I'm so curious in your experience, I also had an eating disorder for, for years and years and years, um, as, as a expert in nutrition and all of that, when did you start, like, how long did it take you to believe that the bagel isn't bad or foods weren't bad? Just this last year, yeah. honestly, like, yeah, I take, even then it was like, oh, like you can only have half a bagel. You can't have yeah, all, right. and you have to have, you have to have dairy-free gluten, uh, <clears throat> dairy-free uh, cream cheese. Like you can't do that. And now I'm like, but it's inch by inch, right? Like yes. if you would have told me this six years ago, I would have been like, oh, I am not starting that. Like, oh my goodness, no. And it's so like that inch by inch. And even now, like some things will catch up and I'll be like, don't eat that. Like, don't eat that. But then I want it even more. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. That's the <laughs> that brain though. That's exactly. I'm like, ah! yeah. so I won't have it, but I'll have three tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's where that whole binge eating and all this kind of things come in. And so yeah, it's the constant thing of like body scanning and checking in, like, what do I actually want? Because a lot of people think like, oh, eating disorder recovery. And I caught myself, I called myself out the other day on Instagram. Cause I was like, crap, I'm painting that picture where it's like, oh, like we can just eat whatever we want. We do eat what we want. And I was like, I'm not actually showing you guys. Like I generally eat healthy. I just love to have a party like yeah. two to four times out of the weekend. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but like, I wasn't celebrate. exactly, but I was like, I wasn't painting the actual right picture. And that is my fault again, happy to admit when I'm wrong here. Um, I had to walk through it though, to know that. So yeah, I mean, like, I'm like looking at my content and I was like, wait, this isn't actually the behind the scenes of how this actually works. Like I am not out eating like Ethiopian food and pizza every night. Like that is not what I'm doing here. Like I generally eat healthy because I feel good, but I had to go through the phase of doing that all the time and eating pizza and eating bagels and doing the whole thing and realizing like, oh my God, I feel like rubbish. Like my brain isn't working optimally. Like, yes, I can eat it, but do I want it? You know, and going through that route of just like radical responsibility and freedom, because when you then grounding yourself your whole life, you're like, let's go. And like, everyone does it. And I wish more people would talk about it because it's always like, oh, like here's the intuitive eating thing. And here's this thing. And it's like, no, every single person that has come out of an eating disorder and tells the story of it is like, I went ham and potatoes for like a solid year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> totally. I like let totally. it go. And then I came back to neutrality of like, okay, we're good now. Like we are complete yeah. and like. Literally out of my system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so do so you funny. base a lot of your principles off of the intuitive eating kind of, I just read the book in January. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. 
the intuitive eating like principles and stuff the, yeah the book and the principles and all that yeah I mean I I don't know what book you're talking there's oh well it's called intuitive eating no oh. it's, so, we had so many people talking about it on the podcast I, I was like I need to read this freaking book um I I didn't love it um a lot of it especially if you do do your own research and you know you are self-aware of your eating disorder a lot of it was very redundant but I did love that it's the total 180 approach um to what I do as like, I, I do fitness. I'm a personal trainer. And so in the fitness industry, it's log your food and be very aware of X, Y, and Z and, and make sure it's, you know, you're hitting a calorie deficit and all of that. But if you have an eating disorder, that is the worst thing you could possibly do. So I did love the approach of no foods are bad, like be brave, eat what you want to eat and kind of allow the, that fear to subside and then kind of regulate your eating. That sounds kind of similar to, to how you approach it. Yeah. And for me, like there, it's working backwards, right? Like how do you make food not bad, Mm -hmm. you know? And so instead of counting foods, it's just, do you have the right, do you have a fat, a carb, a protein, a veggie on your plate right now? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Let's work from there. Let's, let's see how it was. Like for me, my, my, my step moving forward is like, don't look at the restaurant menu before going, because I was hyper obsessed with doing that. And I didn't know how to have choice. I didn't know how to have freedom. I had everything meal prepped. I had all this stuff. So it was like, okay, so instead of meal prepping, can we do buffet style? So you actually have to make a decision around your food. And then from there, can you not look at the menu when you go out to eat? And then we start to make a thing from there. So it really is depending on the individual, but say like, it's one of the programs I go through. That's what I talk about more is like, let's just talk about what actual food is like, not, not so much macros. I don't really care about that essentially. Like, yes, we need our stuff, but like, what vitamins are you getting? Are you sticking to the lighter foods like smoothies and yogurt and salads? That's probably why you're having symptoms and things like that, because yes, those things will lean you out and things like that, but they lack nutrients. <laughs> like they're yeah. very plain and simple. We need like deep stews. We need like oysters and liver and things that have deep, rich colors, which we usually shy away from because they make us feel heavier. So it's really kind of working through the nutrition side of it and explaining like, this is why we need to eat these foods for now. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like coming off of them, eventually you can always go back to where you were but try something new for a second, know that eventually your body's going to catch up and give you these things and then do the mindset work around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, um, you, I think it was a reel or something that you did recently and it was about um, radical ownership. And I'm all about that. I think that that's like <laughs> the greatest topic of all time, but you, you were talking about how um, people will kind of, I, I don't know if sabotage is the right way, but, but we'll put parameters around taking ownership for our health and for things by saying things like, oh, if my partner would eat this way, it would be easier or or all that. Can you talk about that? Oh my God. Yeah. That's like my jam (laughs) because it bothers me. Like the question, and I love everyone that ever reaches out, but the question and the roadblock I always get back is like, my family doesn't eat that way. You know, like what if my partner is on board? He's the one that triggers me the most. And I'm like, who, who took your power? Like, I'm so confused because it's not affecting your partner's life that you're bloated and you're run down and you don't have energy. It's not affecting his life at all. He's in his own body. It is affecting your relationship though, because you can't show up fully as your fully expressed self. So I'm confused as to why we're giving ownership to someone else. We are outsourcing our power. We do it with doctors. We do it with nutritionists. We do it with everyone else. 
give, we live in a Amazon prime world. Someone else fix me, give someone else the responsibility because if I fail, which is our biggest core wound is disappointment. So if I get failed, which would lead to disappointment, I can blame someone else. Mm -hmm. Huh? And then you're sitting there already disappointed because you're not changing anything. So it's like, really, why not at least try and fail and stop putting it in someone else's. And here's what happens. People you're closest with will rise with you at a different rate, at a different speed. Like if I look at my lovely little man, like when we first met, absolutely not. Like I wouldn't talking spiritual talks, talk, self-development, talking nutrition. I was like, I don't really know how this is going to work out, but I'm here for it. <laughs> and now like he has a book club on like the quantum field with his buddies. And like wow. we're at the Super Bowl party yesterday, the other day. And like his friend is talking about marital problems. And my, I, all of a sudden I hear out of my ear of like my partner go, well, what's her love language? And I was like, oh, <laughs> And it's like, like shed a tear. <laughs> exactly. All my friends looked at me and they're like, how did you do that? And I was like, I didn't do that. Like he's a grown man. He knows how to do yeah. his own thing. But it's like, if you are authentically yourself, the people you love most either will rise to keep up with you, but don't come in with your stinking mother energy to be like, do this, do like, no one wants that. But if they see you and the thing I love, like my one-on-ones, their husbands always come to work with me after. Cause they're like, why does my wife have so much energy? Like, why is she like, like, she's not going doing these things. Cause the biggest thing is she started to give herself permission in her life. She has this abundance. She has this energy. She has this light force that is so magnetizing to other people. When you stand in your own truth and you start to like take radical responsibility, right? Like you see how that kind of warps around you. And it's not really a thing for men to witness. You know, it's not really a thing for our parents to witness, but when they do, they're like, what Kool-Aid are you sipping on? Can I please get some? Exactly. (laughs) And so it's just, you mirror it. And if it so happens, they don't rise with you. That's when you have to take ownership over that. And also, is that something you can work with or do you part ways? It's okay to have people for a time period. You know, I've lost I've not lost, but I've parted ways with a lot of friendships because I was like, I can't do that. Like it's, it just doesn't align. I love you so much, but it does not align, you know, and that is okay. We are still like, if I ran into them, I would give them a hug. It would be still totally fine, but it's just not something that was giving me life. And so really kind of checking in on that and giving yourself a time period, you know, like when I first started dating Elvis, it was one of those things I was like, okay, so how long do I give this before this catches up? Because it is, if my life is self-development, my life is health. I can't really have a partner that mm. isn't on that field for me. That is mine. For some people, that's fine. For me, that's not, you know, that's not part of my vision. And so I was like, okay, so I gave myself a time period. Surely enough, I'm seeing this Mike. Of course, he's not at the level of which me, like where I'm at, it's not his full-time job. He's a pilot. He has other things to do. Like land hundreds of people. Um, (laughs) Important. It's a little bit important, but like he has his little micro moves that I celebrate, that I love, that makes me like get all like warm and fuzzy and cozy and things like that. And I let that be because his growth has nothing to do with mine. My growth has nothing to do with him. We just grow together and we count that as a blessing, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) 1000%. Yes. (laughs) There were, um, I was digging through your website and there were a few things that you touched on one of them earlier. I wanted to maybe uh, have you explain for, for me and for our listeners, um, feminine energetics. Yes. It's I been like, it's been like a new found love of mine this last year. And it's so funny because I'm in two worlds, right? Like I'm in one very left brain 
kind of give me the science, give me the facts, give me the structure, give me the play-by-play. And then this other one where it's like mystical mavens and things like that. And very like, and you're very creative. <laughs> you're very creative. So I'm glad that you Thank found you. something to tap into it. It's like, it's like Instagram's a good time. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I like, literally, I remember when I got my like first, like natal chart for astrology, it was like, you're a very creative human being. And that's when I was full left brain. And I was like, this is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is not me. Like, I'm sure I was born at this time. Um, but anyways, so feminine energetics, right? So female energy is soft. It's receiving. It's this thing that we trust. It's the thing that we all exude when we're in our element, you know, but, and it has led tribes for years. There's a really good book called eating under the moonlight. It's folk tales about eating disorder recovery. And they explain mm-hmm. all of this. We're like back in the day, um, feminine energy is what led tribes. They could tell what diseases, what, you know, storms were coming, what battles were coming in the shape of it was the moon. Like it was very intuitive. It was this whole thing. And then as generations has come, we've become more linear. These are the rules. This is where it needs to be done. We need to be working 14 hour days. We need to be fasting for 16 of those. We need to be like (laughs) doing these things and we need to look very skinny. Like do not have curves, look a certain way, be this, start to morph yourself into a man. Do not have pleasure. Do not seek pleasure. Do not have fun. Do not have creativity because that doesn't get you anywhere. If you're playing, are you building anything? Or if you're playing, are you doing this? Are you missing out on things? (gasps) Like, it's just, it's one of these things that like, especially like I'm an athlete. I grew up in a household that there was success driven and trauma and then addictions and self-worth and proving yourself. And so it became very, work 16 hour days, look a certain way. Are we related? <laughs> I was going to say, did you grow up in my house? <laughs> Are you hiding in our attic somewhere? Yes. It was, I was the one making noises upstairs. <laughs> this is a family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's breaking this belief and it's so freaking hard for me. Like I'm in my mastermind. So one of my high level masterminds that I'm in, it's all energetic healers. And I'm always in the calls being like, why am I in this room? Like why, like I am so confused and then everyone, like I get why I'm there, but I like the way that they speak in the energetics and this trust and they start their days with like sensual pleasure and things like that. I'm like, I'm not that I'm not there yet. I don't know if I ever will be, but like, I'm here for it. Like understand like today, Wednesdays are my desire days. So I will work until about, I'm a little later today, but until about 1 PM, um, in my time. And I will have calls in the morning, do things for my business because usually it's clients and things like that. But Wednesday is like business. And then the rest of the day, like I'm alone, it's creative work, it's writing, it's sitting in silence, it's play. Like I go on walks, I go and like do some weird things that like, I'm like, okay, let's find if I have a new hobby. Like, what is this? Um, And just kind of spending time doing that and really releasing that because when we're in a state of receiving, we are magnetic. We've seen women like this, right? Like they walk into the room and it's like, who is that? Like, what is this power, this confidence? It's not this. Yes. Okay. There are women that are like strong in business suits and, and you're like, who are you? But I'm also kind of afraid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like okay. Yeah. Okay. Mom, I'm sorry. Um, but, my mother. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's these other like women that come in and it's, it's not too far. They like running these, like a perfect one. One of my mentors is Melanie Ann Lair. So just like looking at her, you're like, like you're a boss and this goddess thing. And it's this whole energetic warped, beautiful thing that you're like, okay, how do I do that though? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm like. Feminine energy is, is just like, 
wow, it's this energy, it's this trust, it's this, it's this intuition. And it's not this whole like masculine intuition of like eat everything and da, 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 da. It's like this actual full body knowing what you need, where you're supposed to be, this full body trust, this just alignment of your purpose. That was a long-winded answer, but I'm yeah, fairly yeah. new to this stuff. So no, be I'm rambling on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true. It, it's so, so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and uh, mother wound healing sparked my interest. Yes. That's a big, know. that's a big one. So, I mean, everything we learn is from our mothers, right? Like the way we think our worthiness level, a lot of us is for the way that we eat. Um, for me, you know, my core wound is, um, my mother was like my best friend when I was younger and then became hyper obsessed with protection and became, you know, I was like locked in bedrooms and had tracking devices on my phones and Whoa. like had all this stuff and God like bless her. Like, I wish I could have conversations with her now. She passed when I was 22. Um, but I understand now that she was just trying to protect me because of the life she lived. Right. So she projected all that stuff onto me because I'm a female da, 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 where my brother got to go do whatever the heck he wanted. Um, but I have to heal that because if I don't heal that, I see what happened. I led myself into the literally same relationship that she had been trying to protect me from her whole wow. life. I found myself in a drugs. I found myself in drinking all the things that she tried to, because I was angry because I never felt my sense of belonging because I had these core wounds of like, I'm not worth my mother's love. I'm never going to be good enough. I don't belong here. All the things she was trying to protect me from, but because she hadn't healed that, it was just kind of passed down in our lineage. And that's, we see that. We see that a lot. Like my mother's the way her mother is. My mother's the way her mother is and things like that. And this is where you kind of come into it where it's like, yes. And you get to take what we talked about earlier and you get to take responsibility for not having that be what you do to your daughter. Like my thing, I can't wait to be a mom. Like I can't wait. And like, I refuse to do like spill my stuff onto them. Like I know their stuff. There's been stories, there's things like that, but I'm not giving them my trauma. I'm not giving them my eating disorders. I'm not giving them the fouler temper. Like I'm not giving them these things. Like I'm going to sit, I'm going to do the hard thing of, I could pretend, or I could hate my mom for what she did, or I could, you know, be angry and be like, oh, well, no, I can't fix it because she's not like, I can spin this narrative or I can just sit and be like, okay, so what would forgiveness look like? How would that feel like? Can we really start to dissect? And for me that again, making sense of addictions, making sense of her things. I sit down with my dad, even though they didn't have the best marriage. I sit down with my dad and I'm blessed to be able to ask him those conversations. Like, why did mom do this? Why did you do this? Like, what was this? What was, what was it like when Brian, my brother was born and, you know, I was born like, why are, because my brother and I are polar opposite people, but he's, but he's only a year older than me. Like, I'm like, I don't understand like how this worked. And so like, it's just asking those better questions instead of pointing the finger of I'm this way, like the characteristic traits that I hate, I strongly disliked about myself, you know, my anger, my temper, my jealousy, uh, certain kind of things. It was always like, well, I'm this way because my mom was this way. And it was like, ah. after 22, you get to stop blaming your parents. Like it, we're done with that. Like you got to take ownership over it. You got to heal that stuff and really start to move through it, whether it is going to therapy and doing that stuff or, you know, building resiliency and just kind of working through forgiveness and whatever that looks like for you is just kind of sitting in that and being like, stop blaming other people. You are not a victim. You're not like, we all have things, whether it's big scale things or little scale things, like just because you had experiences, how long are you going to keep missing out on your life because of these things and blaming other people. And again, going back to the radical responsibility thing, 
Or are you going to sit there and be like, okay, and this ends with me. Like, I don't have to necessarily sit, you know, if she was here and like sit in a room and do it, I'm sure I would actually, I would like be like, okay, like let's fix this thing because total Libra in me, I need to fix everything. <laughs> um, but like, I would like sit and have a conversation, but like, sometimes we don't have to do that. Cause I know a lot of people, at least I'm aligned with, they have estranged um, relationships with their parents, but like, they're not carrying around that hate you are and you're putting your body in fight and flight and you're ruining your relationships and you're self-sabotaging or self-protecting all because of these things and the narrative that you have like if you can just work on working through that you don't have to be friends with them you don't have to do any of that stuff but you do have to set yourself free and only you have the power to do that Mm -hmm. what do you say to the people that go (laughs) yeah but what do you say to the people but it's family and I can't I can't quit that because that that's so common. It's very common. So, um, I did 12 steps for Al-Anon, which is a support group for, um, people with children's of alcoholics and partners and things like that. Um, and what they talk about, and I love this concept because it can be used anywhere is detaching with love, right? Yes. They're your parents, right? Like my dad, if I, and I love him, he's my, he's one of my closest people. I call him for literally everything. It's bananas, but (laughs) but it's like boy problems and things like that. If it's like finding, he's like, I have no idea about the other stuff, but like, sure, I got your back. Um, <laughs> but like, if I, and I fought him tooth and nail, like we would had, we would travel, we would be visiting Japan and things like that. Like we'd be screaming down each other's throats, mm-hmm. right? Because I expected him to be like every father I saw on Disney channel. Like I was like, learn to what a disappointment. What do you mean? Like you're supposed to be there when things go sour. You're supposed to do this and that. And it's like, who said that? Like, why is he not allowed to be a human? You know, why is he not allowed to, you know, date these people and have a human experience? And he's born again. He's only 40 something years old. He's allowed to go do whatever. Like what, why again, are you giving him your power? You know, and so when it's your family, it's like, yes, I love my family so much and it's my responsibility to be regulated. So if I don't want to see them, if I don't want to do this, if when I'm in my visiting my parents, like they are very much in the old paradigm of dieting and fasting and things like that, like I have to be the one to sit there and, and I used to try and change them and fight them back and give them science and try and change them. And now it's like, I'm going to go for a walk because the things you're saying right now are triggering the fuck out of me. And I don't have to say that to them. I just have to sit in that and be like, okay, again, I have checklists on my phone. It's called like the dopamine checklist and then the wellness checklist. Like I got all the things. And so it's like, okay, so like, what do I need right now? Because I'm not going to change these people. I'm not. And the sooner I learn to love them, the sooner they will love me back. We have to just choose that we are the one. We're just the one for them. They're the one for us this is the way it works. So how can you be better towards them instead of trying to change them and just be like, okay, like I'm here. So old me would have snapped off at my dad think, and this took years of changing our relationship, right? Like of actually proving I'm changing and I'm not this snappy little teenager that gave everyone in my household drama. Um, <laughs> Didn't we all? Exactly. Again, same house guys. Same house. <laughs> it's like, and so like he, and like the hardest thing is when we're around our family too, right? Like they trigger the old behaviors that we have spent the years trying to shift. And so the holidays are always so hard or going on family trips. Like I can't do it. Like it's this thing, but it's not even that it's just our brains are going back to the last triggered, the last, not even triggered, just the last time period when we were all together, which probably wasn't that 
the best, right? Like, and so it's, everyone's acting out in their old personalities. And so one day I like sat down with my dad. I'm like, why do we do this? Like, why? And he's like, cause you're not treating me like I've changed. And I was like, that's so interesting. Cause you're not treating me like I changed. And because both triggers are coming at each other, when you have to give the other person celebration and like trust that just as you have been on your healing journey, so have they. Yep. And walking with that and trusting in that and then taking matters into your own hands of like, all right, y'all are crazy. I'm going to go on a walk and I'll be back. Like, and then kind of moving through that, you know? I guess that kind of answers my next question then, because it's got to be really hard as a mentor and a coach to sit down and realize I cannot change certain people because that's what you spend your whole day doing and not actively changing them, but giving them advice and seeing results. And you've seen hundreds of people change because of what you've done. But these people who mean the most to you are them. Oh yeah. And like, if you know, do you guys know anything about like human design or anything? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not super into it, but like, I'm a projector, which is like, we wait for the invitation. We're a little bit quieter. We like more rest, things like that. But also if we don't know how to use our words, we overstep everything like we think everyone needs to know our wisdom that we know better because we see like guilty yeah, I think I'm a project- <laughs> shit like it's God, literally learning like- a lot about myself today <laughs> <laughs> you just like come in and it's like this over and like yo like god bless my parents because I would come home and I thought I and I was like, I'm on this new world traveler. Look at me, like this whole thing happening. <laughs> and like telling them how they're supposed to be eating and all this kind of stuff and like looking at it. And like, I was a nightmare. I was a nightmare. Like I didn't actually know my parents until the last, like, I mean, I just moved back to the States about a year and a half ago, yeah, but wow. like, I just got to know them probably six months a year because that was my intention. I was like, okay, I am stepping on too many toes. I need to lean back. I need to trust in people you know, people in their power, they need to come to me if they want to know. And my dad will, like, he will fight me to the days of things with cholesterol and stuff like that. And I'm like, stop eating the fake stuff and it'll be better. But yeah, you know, that's his journey. If that's what he wants to do, I'm like, what's 1% better. And so I like got him on like goat's milk and I was like, we're good. Okay, good. Like we're, (laughs) we're here. Like my mission is complete. To be continued. (laughs) Exactly. But like, also the thing in that is like, I realized how many memories they're getting older. I realized how many memories I was missing out on because I was trying to change them instead of just amplifying the experience and swallowing my tongue. And like, when I want to yell giggle, because I'm like, like, I remember when I first came back to this, I know I'm like, Oh my God. Like when I came back to the States, like I'm used to being alone. I'm used to quiet things. Like I come back, my family is very loud and they love to party. Like I always make the joke, like my parents are just retired kids in a frat party. Um, (laughs) Like they love it. They have so much fun. Like they're so like goals, goals for how much they play, but coming back after being in such a quiet place. And I'm like sitting at the table at like dinner and my shoulders are like up and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to burst. And I could feel myself tense up. And I just like looked at my little sister who was dying laughing. And I was like, this is my family. Like (laughs) this is, this is why I moved home. Like they're all yelling very loud, but like that's their fun. Like, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, okay, like we can sit into this. I am not, I'm not moving here, but I will visit. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, loving detachment. You guys are going to laugh so hard. So I draw every day and literally look what today's was. It says stop projecting. projecting. (laughs) 
<laughs> no coincidences. There isn't. There really isn't. That is so funny. <laughs> so, okay. I love traveling. It is my top of the list favorite thing to do. And, and I, the reason why I love it is because every trip that I go on, I, I come back feeling slightly changed and, and different. It sounds like you've done a ton of traveling. What have you learned about yourself and about the world that really resonates yeah. with you? Yeah. So I lived in Asia for about six years. Um, everything is different, right? But what I also realized, another thing, and we can get back to that is because I came back very bitter because I was like, I'm not getting these different hits of my personality because I was traveling once a month. Like I was somewhere like moving around. It's so cheap to travel there. So I was like, oh, you know, Um, and I was getting bitter when I moved back to the States because I was like, wait, a hotel here is like the same thing I paid for a week over there. Like, I'm so confused. And I felt very just claustrophobic. Like I wasn't getting this hit. Like I wasn't expanding and things like that. And I realized it doesn't really matter where we travel. Like, like I said, my desire days are when I start to explore this. I take weekend trips by myself. I do things where I need to, because that hit of discovering who you are and really what your beliefs are, especially solo travel, I highly recommend it to everyone. Like go be uncomfortable and meet strangers listen to them that sounds so terrifying oh my god I know like everyone's like but like I love it it's the thrill yeah it's it's like I love love, like I I mean I've done Sri Lanka by myself Cambodia Lao like like all different kind of places because when we were and I also do this don't recommend it but I also don't get sims (laughs) for my phone so I can't text and like scroll like I'm like fully immersed and like let's be uncomfortable and talk to people whoa like but like you meet the craziest people you hear their life stories like people that I traveled with like and I met while I was traveling like I'm still such good friends with them because in such like a three-day window I know everything about them now (laughs) it's the wildest thing and like you get to also learn from that like who am I what do I actually like you know one of the questions I got asked when I was traveling around Spain by myself was like this guy and he asked you know those weird moments where you're like why is this locked in my brain like why it was like (laughs) all the time exactly but it was like some like couch surfing thing and like we went out to dinner and whatever and he like just asked me like what do I like and like in that moment like like I was like what do I like I don't I don't know like What's my name who am I <laughs> I was like oh my god all like because he was like outside of work and exercise what do you like and I was like uh uh <laughs> no idea like I was like wine that sounds like I'm an alcoholic no I don't know like <laughs> and it changed the course because I was like wow now I really am going out and traveling to find these little parts of myself because at the end of our life, we get like seven seconds, whatever that snapshot, right? Like it's lessons and tests. And then the rest of the stuff is just fucking stuff, you know? And so it's like, how many more memories can I intentionally create? And how can I do this? And you don't necessarily have to travel, right? Like for instead of goals this year, I have a list of just things I want to experience, you know, like different kind of things. And like, we've already knocked off so many of them. Cause it's just like going and having a date in the park with no phones and like doing this and having the most romantic Valentine's day. And like, how can we amplify these kind of experiences that we can do right here? You know, you get to explore who you are, wherever you are. It's just fun when you have the ability to go someplace, you know, yeah, like change the background. Yeah. And like, yeah. 
you come alive on vacation you're like why do I feel so good like (laughs) and you're like oh okay I'm free now because I have no responsibilities exactly (laughs) and it's like okay so how can I actually bring parts of that with me in this human experience because not all of us have the blessing like trying to travel with my partner I know he's a pilot but like right now he's at the lowest part of it so he has like no days off I see him like eight days a month like oh that's hard so how do we make that work where we still have this adventure so like last weekend it was like look up getaway house it's like these little cabins in the woods that these little tiny homes they plant all over forests around the U.S. um and I was like all right we're going here and he's like okay and so we ended up on like some lady's random farm she like cooked us burgers like we hung out and like it looked like her living room I don't really know because it was next door to the vineyard and they weren't open yet like I don't know and then we went and we sat in the woods and we like played truth or dare like it was like these things where it's like you can kind of bring that spirit with you and like sure it's fun to get away and things like that but it's like can you also have that excitement in your in your work, in your life, and your doings, yeah. you know? Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. All of the above. I'd love to peel back the curtain a little bit on, on healing to happy and, and kind of know what challenges you've had with creating this business. Every single thing under the sun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're right on track then. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, I mean, it's that running joke uh, or statement where it's like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, be ready to look at every single shadow you have ever felt in your life, whether it's hiring issues, whether it's firing issues, whether it's people saying they're going to sign and then they ghost you. And you're like, do you not like me? And like really detaching your identity from your brand. Like, yes, I am my brand, but my self-worth is not living in this. Like there are so many other things in my life that it's like, if they don't sign on, if they don't do anything, like fine. Like that is absolutely nothing to do with actually who I am as a person. It just means we got to get better at some, uh, content and some talking skills, mm-hmm. um, but things like that. Um, my biggest one was like my company in, so it's, it's the same brand, right. But it's two companies because I had my whole thing in Asia. I'd speak on stages. I travel around. I had panels and hospitals and things and all this kind of stuff. And then I came back to the States and I'm like, now we're all digital and there's billions of people. And I'm like, okay, let's do this again, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's, it's also because I built my company when I was in Asia out of a trauma response. My entire beginning of building this was to prove myself, was to prove that guy that, you know, that really abusive relationship to prove him wrong really is how that company started this company, that brand, um, to prove to myself that I was not that person that I was living. So I could do this I was working 14 hour days. I had not been on a date in two years. I was very undernourished as my face showed in that nice little panel. Um, I, you know, my friendships, like I, I had really good friends that changed the paradigm of my life, but it was always, and I like have a tattoo, like whatever, um, where like I would sit down and we drink rosé and I'd be on my laptop while they're having girl. And it's like, that's not, you know, like, where is this balance? So now like coming back, I'm like, okay, we saw success. We still have it. How do we now have this life intertwined and this balance and these things? And that's why, you know, the desire days started on Wednesdays. And then I make sure to take every Saturday off and like working with my partner on that. So we understand it. So we do like my relationship comes first, not last. Like I've always made it. It will always come first. Well, actually my health comes first and then my, then my relationship. (laughs) One Um, A and one B. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then my business, because we can get stuck 
we can get stuck in it, the hustle, the very masculine way, like hit my numbers, hit this thing. And all of a sudden we look around us and it was like, and I remember this, this is why I moved back to the States. I was looking around, I had all this success and I was like, what the fuck is any of this worth? I have no one to sit and do this with. Not even that I need a partner, but it's like my family is 24 hour plane ride away. Like what, you know? And I got to that point and I was like, okay, like it'll be hard. It'll be hard. Let's close one office. Like we still have our office in Singapore, but let's close the Thailand office. This is going to be hard. But like, if we want love, we got to get in the driver's seat of that. If we want our family dynamic to change, we got to get in the driver's seat of that. We got to get uncomfortable. We've got to shift some things and really put two feet in on this whole human experience. Cause like I said before, like all we have is lessons and tests, like all the stuff, all the hitting the numbers, all the sitting in the like coffee shops in the office, like by myself and doing these things. It's like, Mm, I don't really want that you know I, I want to make something that is like I want more stories I want more memories I want playing truth or dare in the forest and like yeah. doing things you know like that it is served a purpose but you want richer deeper exactly like I learned like I still don't get me wrong like I I love a little anxiety in building a business I'm not gonna oh no, girl, girl. <laughs> you, you guys are related okay <laughs> confirmed <laughs> Like I'll see you guys it. later. Have a good time. I remember like the first time I even had like a because like CBD and all that stuff. That's not like a Thailand thing. I had like a CBD thing and I was like sitting on the couch working and I was like, I'm too calm and I like freaked out. <laughs> I was calm. <laughs> I'm too calm. I don't think I've ever said that phrase in my entire Something life. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with your nervous system. <laughs> this is not right. <laughs> it's so true oh, so true well what a beautiful thing to come of such a traumatic experience for you yeah, like you really absolutely did. yeah and now you're helping people who are in similar situations make their lives but I just think that's amazing yeah so thank nice. you thank you for that it is it's it's one of the everything happens for a reason and if anything this has given me the most trust of my life where it's like there is a reason and so like when my business has it will always have turmoil that's the thing like if there's a thing yeah. if there's a hiccup in my relationship if there's a hiccup in finances if there's a hiccup in accounting or employees or things like that it's just always like there is a reason there is a reason there is a reason because I would not be here if there wasn't you know because the storyline I was supposed to be a statistic you look back at those things like my history, I am not supposed to be here based on statistics, you know? And so really kind of honoring that and looking at it and being like, okay, so again, the feminine energetics, like, like I trust, this is how it works. Like, I just, I got to sit in it. So. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much, Laura. This was so yeah, much fun. I had a blast. <laughs> I like, don't want to take away from your desire Wednesdays. I want you to go think, yeah. think into that. And we're going to try to do the same. I think the rest of the day, this is so yeah. much fun. I learned so much and where can our audience get in touch with you? Yes, thank you so much. This was just like a nice little tea afternoon thing. It's fun. Um, <laughs> like everyone, I'm over on Instagram. Um, my personal one is, it's Laura Patricia Martin. So at ITS, Laura Patricia Martin. And then our company one is Healing to Happy. And that's T-O, happy. Not perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. I hope we get this to talk great. again soon. This is so yeah. much fun. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your Wednesday. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye y'all. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HDC community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Convo. For information on all of our shows, guests, and more, visit htcpod.com. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk, talk soon. soon.